and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to another episode of the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward in the Sales Chat Show studio. I have Mr. Anthony Steers and I'm Simon Hazeldean. We are sadly lacking Mr. Graham Jones, or the professor as we like to call him, who has uh, academic responsibilities at the University of Buckingham today. So, Anthony and I will make the most of filling the vacuum left by Mr. Jones's encyclopedic knowledge of all things psychology and and sales. So we'll have to work overtime, Anthony. How are you, sir? Are you good? I am good, thank you. Yes, uh, yeah. Think things are. It's, it feels like things are getting busier. Seems to be a bit more confidence back in markets, from what I can see. Good. More events are happening. It's, yeah, uh, which yeah. is events. It feels are quite... like there's a buzz getting building again. Yeah, events critical to Anthony and I. We're both sort of uh, to some degree in the world of of professional speaking. How posh does that sound? Uh, which is which is not really as glamorous, but yeah, the, the, you know the that that in person is kind of coming back, but definitely. The changes that have taken place over the COVID situation definitely affected the way people buy, right? And uh, so we need to be—you need to be up on your virtual selling capability, as as well as the the face to face. So, yeah, keep 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 up to date with sales chat show episodes. We'll be helping you with all of those challenges. Uh, this episode was actually uh, stimulated by a phrase of uh, that I heard Anthony uh, use one time. This episode is. Called, are you guilty of premature elaboration when selling now we have done a previous sales chat show episode on what i refer to as premature pitching which is when you you pitch too early in the process and, and upset and alienate the customer because on their emotional buying journey as anthony <laughs> refers to it they ain't ready right and you start selling at them sometimes called spray and pray or, or sh- <laughs> show up and throw up as it's it sometimes refer to but this is slightly different so so what on earth mr steers is premature elaboration well so it's a phrase that i got from a chap called marcus couchy um also in the in the world of sales and i i heard him say it in a different form so i'm actually going to tell you about the, the 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 way that the one that i described the most the first type of what i would call premature elaboration uh most of you listeners will have probably experienced it's when you answer the phone and somebody just blurts a pitch down the phone to you you, you can say I laugh. I, I get a little giggle because I sometimes hear that short intake of breath at the beginning where they go <laughs> and then they speak really quickly. Uh, and yeah, it's when they just blurt that pitch down the phone to you. Um, and it basically sets off alarm bells to say that this is a sales call. Mm. Uh, so that's one of the things I try and stop people from doing, making sure that you get permission to speak at the beginning of the call before you engage and enter into a conversation. Um, I, Simon, have you ever? Can you remember being called with somebody who hadn't learned their script, who were clearly reading it? 
Yeah, and it, it's it's I'm I'm not fond of scripts. I I am I am very passionate about language and phraseology yeah. and tonality and things, but mm-hmm. generally scripts, Anthony, actors work with scripts, and that's because they're masterful at making a script. A, a, a script for a play or a TV show or a movie come to life, to right? That, and that's it. And you've hit the nail on the head there. I think that if people, if salespeople use scripts in the same way actors did, where you literally, it, you bring it to life, then it can be really useful. But people tend to keep them out and they tend to use them as almost like objection handling documents. Uh, And and it's not too helpful. Um, The the other thing about a script that I think most people don't really think about too much is that the person that you're phoning hasn't been sent their copy of the script. Yes. So sometimes they say something totally off script. You stick to your script and you'll distort the flow of the conversation. So, again, it sets off alarm bells um, that just say that something's something's not right here. Um, But, yeah, it it makes me laugh. In fact, see if you recognize this pattern. This is how when I hear it, just in case you're guilty of this, it usually has this thing where they go. Hello there, this is my name and this is my company and I'm going to speak really quickly so you can't interrupt me and I'm going to hit you with a feature followed by a benefit in the hope that by the time I finish speaking and if you haven't hung up, there's a really small chance that you might say yes. <laughs> I've heard where, it. <laughs> yeah, it's the point where you just want to go, oh, oh, bless you, fella, go out, go outside and have a rest. Um, and, and it usually either reeks of desperation or excite, over-excitement. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't think either of those for a salesperson is particularly endearing. But I, I think I also what I I'll, I'll sometimes see, and this maybe this maybe comes down to early stage sales process interaction when you're more in you're more in discovery, mm-hmm. and and maybe uh, of course the idea there is the the focus is on the customer is about finding out asking really good questions to understand the customer's context and situation problems challenges the impact of those and mm-hmm. maybe maybe some of the outcomes that they're looking for. Now, often people say, yeah, but the customer then says, so, so, so tell us a bit about you or how do you think, uh, tell us, how do you think you might be able to help, right? I think you've got to be really careful here not to go into what I would define as premature elaboration. (laughs) So if it happens very early, by the way, the customer says, um, yeah, before we go any further, tell me, tell me something about you. I would usually say something like, I could probably talk about my organization and what we do all day long, but until I understand what's most important and relevant for you, that's really difficult for me to know what, what specifically is going to be of most interest or value to you. So mm-hmm. if it's okay, could I just ask a few more questions and then that will put me in a situation to, 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 to be able to, to, to do that. Yeah. So I, it's, I'm not saying, I'm not saying no to the customer. I'm saying not yet because I don't know what to tell you. I mean, for example, yeah. I, I always poke fun. I was with a client last week doing some sales pitching workshops obviously in Edinburgh and I was poking fun at the ubiquitous map of the world slide that people have in their sales. <laughs> here's here's the map of the world and here's all of our office locations. Now they, they sell, um, they, this particular client are in sort of resource processing outsourcing. So they'll often work with global clients, helping them to recruit globally. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if they've got a global footprint and they want to be recruiting, they want a partner to help them to recruit globally, then the map of the world is a very important thing to share with them because it's going to be part of their buying criteria. Mm -hmm. But if they never move outside of the 
east coast of the usa or they don't move outside of france or they don't they don't operate outside of the north of germany they don't care and that would be for me unnecessary elaboration it's just not relevant neither is with the greatest of respects very early on the history of your company <laughs> you know it always a- makes me laugh when people have that and they go i've sent you a brochure you kind of go, yeah, but the brochure's all about you, and they're only interested yeah. in them, right? Yeah. Uh, I, don't know. I had a client where they were they were literally were formed in the eight eight um eighteen hundred something. Right? I mean, <laughs> they've got they've got this amazing history and this amazing story, mm-hmm. just not not at the wrong time. It's a really powerful part of the brand and the overall marketing, and and, and it is a, it is a fascinating. They've got incredible heritage. It's wonderful, yeah. but. Yeah, please not in the first five minutes. Absolutely. I suppose um, it's the kind of difference that I would describe in 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 me training and me coaching. If I'm training, there's there's an agenda of what it is I'm going to deliver. But when I'm coaching, quite often the client has something specific that they're trying to overcome. Um, So I try and help them troubleshoot and get round and come up with some solutions for the problem that they've got right now. But what I used to do is go, okay, well, I've now helped you get past gatekeepers a bit more. Okay, let's talk about perfecting your pitch. And they go, no, 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 I got that. That's fine. I've got that. If I can just get in front of them, I'll be fine. And I go, okay, no worries. And then I wait for two weeks. I have to wait two weeks. Bite through my tongue going, I want to help them with this next bit. But I have to wait for them to come back and say, I'm getting a few no's now. Uh, when I get through to people, when I go, okay, well, let's now start talking about your pitch. Yeah. If they're not ready to hear that yet, it's going to fall on deaf ears, or it's then going to start to overshadow the bit that they really wanted, and then it's going to start to overwhelm them because you're going to give them too much information. Yeah. It's it's more than they were looking for, and I think sometimes you, like you say, you do have to step it back. And <laughs> scoping is, is is so crucial to sales. And people like talking about themselves. So the discovery element is the bit that the prospect should be thriving in. You should be getting excited to find out all of this stuff. And, and each question that you get an answer to should should spark some enthusiasm for another question you really want to know the answer to. Um, but I love the way that you said that if they try and put that on you early, you kind of you don't dismiss it. You just say, Happy, I could. There's so much I could tell you. Can I just ask yeah. you a few questions first, like you say, so I can find out what's either of most interest or most value? Yeah, gonna be if, the va- because uh, you know, I know, um, I, I quoted it in my book, uh, Neurocell How Neuroscience Can Power Your Sales Success. That was another very unsubtle plug available from yes. all good booksellers. Um, well, I say confused brains don't buy right if you confuse them you're going to lose them that's not my expression that's that's been Mm -hmm. around that's been around for years Mm. and and it's what does the customer need to most know at that particular particular time and in in the previous episode we've we've been recording um where we we looked at is successful selling really just the application of advanced common sense we referred to some research from the mighty gartner which showed that um customers often are overwhelmed with information they've they've got conflicting sources one supplier says this one supplier says that they're not short of information they're just not sure what they should be paying attention to and what mm-hmm. Gartner described as the sense-making style the sense-making approach was there's an awful lot of information 
for the customer, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, there's an awful lot of information. Let me help you make sense of it. You're guiding the customer to what's most relevant and you're mm -hmm. prioritizing simplicity. And mm -hmm. there is a messaging framework and it was taught to me originally by an external communications person and uh, he would work with the his company's senior executives when they were being interviewed uh, by the media and it's referred to as the message house so there's a there's a, there's a little image of a of a house there's a roof and there's three pillars and then there's a foundation there's a floor if you get that image in mind mm -hmm. and in the roof of the house house is the main message the most important thing that you want to communicate Mm -hmm. And they use this in external communications to, to make sure the key points got across. Politicians use this framework as, as well. The three mm -hmm. pillars are the three key supporting points or themes or messages mm -hmm. that support the main message. And in the floor, there's the facts and the data to back it up if you if you question you ask. I don't think that's a bad framework. I use this a lot with salespeople is to say, mm -hmm. When you're going to talk to the customer about what you do, what's the main message, the most important thing you want them to remember, and mm -hmm. what are the two or three things that will support it? I don't think they're likely, with the greatest of respect to any customer, be able to remember much more than that, right? Research by Decision Labs in the <coughs> USA, after 48 hours, their research shows that customers remember between 8 to 12% of a supplier presentation. Yeah. So what is the eight to 12% on average 10% that you most want them to remember? Mm -hmm. So that that's making sure if you're going to be overwhelmed. clear about that, if you're going to be clear about the roof, that's probably less than 8%. You need yeah. that to be the clear message that they're actually yeah. going to walk away with. And I think that, I think like you, you mentioned that sort of spray and pray thing. Um, I get sometimes see it in presentations where, where, you'll see somebody at the front of the room and they'll call it kind of a masterclass. Um, and, and that's because they're not really a, a proper trainer. They, they call it a masterclass because they think, well, if I jam in loads and loads of tips, yeah, yeah. That, that somebody will take, they'll all take away something, right? Which is great because right. from when you're giving a presentation, you want people to take stuff away. The problem is, is in a buying situation, like you say, it just causes kind of overwhelm and then confusion. Um, and it's sometimes frustration from the confusion. So sometimes it can actually be really counterintuitive to give too much information. Like you say, it's the sense making bit that I think is the most value you can bring to that conversation. But um, but I love that house thing. I think that's a great frame. Yeah, it's a great thing about. And, and and you can and you can apply that and the principles of that, I think, to a very, very powerful way. Mm -hmm. is by mm -hmm. and you've mentioned this previously a number of times anthony is use stories and examples of how you've helped another customer yeah. and that is a really powerful way for people to be able to absorb and take in information 65 to 70 percent london business school research mm -hmm. 65 to 70 percent retention from stories five to ten percent for dry data right so wow. right it's a big you big know difference. it's helping but i think just to just to loop back as well your point as well is uh, you were mentioning like the client when you're coaching them what are they ready for what are they going to be able to take on board at that particular stage and use yeah very very important part of the sales process to get from stage one of the customers buying process to stage two mm -hmm. what information do they need now when they start to maybe go from five possible suppliers to three down to two 
now mm. they're going to want to know more information about you and how your solution might be able to help. So it's yeah. the appropriate amount. It's the amount and qu quantity of information and the quality and the specificity changes yeah. as customers go through their buying they yes. probably want to dot the i's and cross the t's late stage yeah absolutely not, not early stage absolutely and i think that um you, you kind of so the I, I refer to the sort of the two forms of what i call premature elaboration and, and obviously you talked about premature pitching before yeah i think that the um Sometimes I think the premature pitch comes because they didn't deflect that question like you described earlier on. They're, they're told they're asked too soon to introduce yourself. Come on. And it's almost an impressor's kind of an in introduction. Yeah. Um, and, and you almost feel backed into a corner like you now need to start your pitch. Um, the second form of premature elaboration that I often describe happens usually in a first call or first conversation where you, not that first bit, once you kind of got your permission to speak, it's where you answer every single question that they have on this first call. And you just answer questions because you think you're being knowledgeable and it's mm. really helpful and it shows that you know your stuff. The problem is, is if you answer all of their questions on that first phone call, when you kind of go to try and close for a meeting, well, they can't see any point in having a meeting because you've answered all of their questions. They don't yeah. realize you've got extra questions that they should ask. And I think at some point you need to turn around and, and sort of say, well, that's a bit of a how long's a piece of string or it kind of depends on your situation. Can I ask you a couple of questions? Because it might help me answer that. And I think that's another way to kind of get back onto the discovery and the scoping. Uh, and, and in certain instances, you sometimes have to slow this process down where you can say, well, look, I know you want me to answer that question, but now I've got an understanding of what it is you're trying to achieve and, and what the situation is. It's made me think of some case studies that I think are really relevant. So I'd like to get some time where we could jump online. You've mentioned somebody else in the background that perhaps might want to jump on this. But why don't I present to you and show you something that I think would be quite relevant that we've done for somebody else recently, just like you. And I think that way it kind of stops you from doing the speed networking of going, hi, I'm Anthony, telephone assassin. Do you need training? Are you looking for a speaker? Because uh, most people aren't there and then, and you do have to just slow it down a little bit and uh, take your time. Well, also, also as well, Anthony, I think it's, in my experience is the customer's perception and understanding of what it is they want can become clearer or they get a better idea or sometimes end up getting a little bit more confused because they just say, hang on, I thought we wanted this and now we've got another couple of options. So what they need from you changes as the sales process or actually let me correct myself as yeah. their buying process advances and your sales process it moves yeah. along with it yeah or, or as you want. educate them to the industry and the options available to them i mean we know as speakers sometimes you know you'd be invited you'd be invited on to have an early call with a with a client to talk about and they say oh, we want somebody to speak on this and you know those those of us that have been doing it a while you'll 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 make sure you ask questions of what's the purpose of the conference what you're hoping to achieve what are some of the themes so and so forth yeah and you often find out the quote-unquote topic they were thinking of booking you for mm -hmm. is actually now a little bit more sophisticated or different to what they wanted and you can bring more value to the customer because you help them yeah. to appreciate yeah. actually 
well, I could do this and we could have put, and they go, gosh, that sounds like that would be really, could you do that? Yeah. So of course I can, right? Of course I yeah. can. I'd be delighted. I'd be delighted yeah. to. Well, well, you can then enhance their idea rather than yeah. trying to come to them with a preformed idea that you know, that you think works or you can tell them has worked before. Whereas sometimes what we deliver is not that different from client to client. It's just the little slants that they want so that it feels like it was just for them. And also, I think as well, you know, the the you don't want to be elaborating prematurely to use your language mm. um, about what might be the wrong solution. So they they might say, and you'll have had this experience because we work with you know providing mm. training and and support for salespeople. Mm -hmm. Unless the sales managers are involved and bought in, it very rarely works. Absolutely, and I... they do, and, and a lot of clients don't, and they go, "Oh, I never thought of that." I said, because, yep. you know, it's got to be reinforced. It's got to be followed up. It's got to live. So, you know, we'd be really most important. Yep. We, and and, and, and I've, I've had clients where I've on briefings with the team leaders have turned around to the senior person who's booked me and said, I don't think it's going to work because I know they're going to undermine my process because they don't do it my way. And, and a phrase I sometimes use is that I can lead the horse to water. Yeah. but only the ma only their manager can make them drink um and sometimes you need somebody who's uh, who's kind of walking the talk and and uh, and setting that example yeah. um particularly if you're implementing uh, new behaviors new techniques you you need an ambassador in that office to bang the drum otherwise it will fizzle out and the the value that you could add gets reduced right down to a couple of people taking a couple of little steps so I think to sort of bring this towards <clears throat> some sort of like conclusion and summary, I think it's a sort of always all the way through <clears throat> asking yourself questions. So where's the customer now? What what do they most need to help them to move forwards in their buying process? And therefore, what ought I what ought I to do? And feeding, <clears throat> feeding in and being helpful and adding value to the customer in advance of the purchasing decision by by not confusing them by not mm -hmm. dumping a ton of unnecessary information on them too early mm -hmm. and choosing the right moment when they are going to be the most receptive to the information that they most need to help them to make a buying yeah decision right we're we're assistant buyers as zig ziglar the gosh the godfather of motivational speaking back in the 1970s <laughs> think of yourself as an assistant buyer right the at times, I think Zig was as probably as mad as a box of frogs, but <laughs> that was a definitely a great thing, right? You're an assistant buyer helping them to make. So, what do they need? What do they most need from you now mm -hmm. that will help them to move forward in their buying process? What is appropriate? Yeah, and then <clears throat> ramp on the extra information when they're ready and they yeah. they most most need it. Absolutely. And I think that it's just like you say, helping them take that next step, which kind of highlights the importance of what you were saying at the beginning about process, which is why you want to get in your customer's head and in their shoes to find out what steps would you have to go through in order to have the trust in a company to go decide yeah. to do business with them. Um, and you, often you're not making you're not helping them make 10 steps to make the decision within a day. You yeah. just need to help them move forwards. Uh, and uh, I actually really love that 
um, almost the phrase of sort of saying to a client, uh, because they've often done a lot of research beforehand is happy to answer any questions, but is there anything I can help you make sense of? Cause I'm guessing you've been doing some research. Yeah. At least that way you get to delve into, well, what's conf- like you say, what is at the moment confusing them or overwhelming them or scaring them where you can turn around and go, Oh, okay, well that just means this, or actually, yeah, don't worry about that because mm. that isn't going to happen later or whatever. Uh, you can kind of help to reassure people. Um, yeah, I yeah, mean, I, think... I, I, I really like, I really like the, the 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 way you've the way you've articulated that, which is, let me find out where you are now, mm. what you've gathered, what conclusions you may or may not have come to. Mm-hmm. So you're you're then helping them to kind of with that Ghana yeah. thing in mind, right? You're helping them to make sense of what they've found out so far. Absolutely. Well, and I think once you know what they found out so far and you can clarify it, you won't double up on telling them things that they already know um, and you can guide them towards where they want to go next. And actually, you've just trumped the last salesperson who gave them all that information because yeah. they just overwhelmed them and they did the the, the giving bit. Yeah. Right. They I might mean, have told them a little story as well, but they probably done mainly giving thinking, well, I'll give them all this information uh, and give them time to digest it. The problem is, is you sometimes need to be that thing that helps them to digest it and understand it and decide which bits aren't relevant, which bits are. Um, and then help them help them to choose what questions they should be asking next and uh, hold that. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's a guiding process where we don't start with what we have to offer. Mm-hmm. We guide the customer towards yeah. our solution. Yeah. You know, and demonstrate genuinely, by the way, genuinely show how you're going to deliver superior value versus the competition by your superior understanding of what the customer wants mm. and needs. And and um, people, people shorthand, right? Not always, but people typically buy what they want. Mm-hmm. And I think our job is to help them buy what they need, which will deliver them the greatest value and so make them want what they need i think is really really critical yeah absolutely it's um and it's a tough one because i we're not going to get into that customers always right and stuff but yeah sometimes they're they're not the need the need is more important than the want but if they don't want what they need it's really hard to get them to agree to buy it so i mean that uh, old that old customers always right it just doesn't it's just not a it's not true right it it, it meant an ethos of you know where it came from it was well intentioned but yeah yeah i have a isn't always right but sometimes the the customer's honesty and ignorance will help you understand where the miscommunication is to be able to take a step back or or to understand why they think the thing that they think which they think is correct right yeah 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 um but uh, but yeah, it comes back to that. I suppose being that trusted advisor, um, earning the right to make a recommendation is only done by scoping, asking good questions, helping them make sense of, of the information that they've already got, um, and, and feeling like you're supporting them in this journey, yeah. not necessarily feeling like you're trying to manipulate them in the journey. Yeah, which is which is always what they're going to be nervous of, right? Because of That's the stereo. Sadly, the stereotype of of salespeople. That's good. To, there's always a risk to making a purchasing decision. 
So mm-hmm. part of guiding and helping and explaining and helping the customer make sense of things, you are de-risking choosing you mm-hmm. versus potential. But there's always a risk, is any buying decision? And obviously, the more money being spent, potentially the bigger the risk, the more mm-hmm. the more impact it has on their organization, the bigger the risk. So helping yeah. them to feel comfortable, uncomfortable brains don't buy, confused brains don't buy. So helping them to feel get clarity and feel a sense of psychological comfort mm-hmm. is is going <clears> to <throat> really help you i think to move to move that to yeah. move that sale forward closing thoughts mr steers um i if i'm honest with you it's just one of those things for me uh, everybody i work with a lot of them just go they just realize i needed to slow down and yeah. i think in sales yeah. we're all chasing targets who want to get people over the line um a lot of the time when you slow it down, when you understand the prospects or the client's desired timeframes, that will help to set your expectation. OK, uh, and it, and it, then you can help them through this journey. There may be things you could do to help crank up a little bit more yeah. urgency <clears throat> when you start looking at the cost of what the problem might be might be costing them that can make people feel slightly uncomfortable that actually the 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 uncomfort of purchase is actually not as bad as the cost of what we're losing by not doing anything um but yeah just slow it down um and and think about helping them to buy rather than trying to sell to people and it just changes the dynamic of the conversation uh and i think is the quickest route to to leading them towards the point where they then say so what do you think i should do or if you're in my shoes which way would you go this i think your point's really and maybe it's something to reflect on if you're a sales manager and a sales leader if Look, it's good. It's good to have an overall sense of urgency. Let's get things done. Let's move sales to the next stage. Of course, to have a sense of purpose and and, and movement mm-hmm. helps helps. You know, if you're managing an overall sales organization, but slowing down to speed up sometimes is we're slowing down to help give the customer what they need to help the customer to make their decision internally mm-hmm. as rapidly as possible because they've got what they need to make it. So that that counterintuitive sometimes we just slow a little bit actually help us to move those sales through to a conclusion a little a little bit faster so you know and help help your salespeople to step back to Mm -hmm. see where the customer is in their buying process and what do they most need to help them to move to the next stage and then hopefully to that final stage where Mm. they, they they choose to go with you and that purchase order yeah. Or confirmation heads heads in your direction. Although I know you asked me for my point, I think you, yours was the best bit, which was help them with the bit they're looking for help with now. Yes, yes. If you can start with that bit, you have a chance of helping them with the next bit. What will um, be most What will be most useful to you to mm-hmm. you now? Absolutely. Uh, and then, and then you don't you don't overwhelm them you give yeah. them you get, and, and premature elaboration from there on right <laughs> so yeah. yes premature elaboration and premature pitching two diseases that we don't want sales chat show listeners to be to be suffering from so mr steers thank you very much for your your words of wisdom and thank you folks for listening into this episode of the sales chat show this is one of over 250 episodes that are now available from wherever you prefer to get your 
uh, podcasts from. If you could give us a, a rating or five stars, if you think we deserve five stars rating or comments, that'd be really appreciated. Please subscribe to the Sales Chat Show so you get notified of new episodes when they are released, which they are on a regular basis. And if you go to saleschatshow.com, as well as all the episodes and details, etc., you will see on the homepage, um, if you want to send us a question or a topic to, to include in the Sales Chat Show, that will be wonderful. Always happy to hear from you and uh, do an episode for you on your behalf. So in the meantime, from everybody at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling folks. You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. Thank you.